Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. If you haven't listened to part one of my conversation with my oldest daughter, Alex Curry, TV host and reporter, Make sure you go back and listen to part one before you start part two. And now, part two of my conversation with my daughter, Alex Curry. This is amazing. You know, the story of your childhood getting to this point now and this moment of, you know, you graduate college and you're really setting yourself up. Mm -hmm for whatever it is that's out there for Alex Curry yeah. that comes next. So once I graduated, I reached out to any every producer that I'd worked with and was like, what do you, you know, what do you recommend? And one of my producers at Fuel, who gave me that opportunity, recommended me going to Marky Costello's Become a Host, like Hosting Academy. And because he had reached out to her and recommended me, I automatically got in her advanced class. And so for eight months, this is basically like a boot camp, like if you're going to like acting school, but for a host. You learned everything on how to read teleprompter, how to hold yourself on camera, inflections, how to interview, how to put your reel together. We had a love-hate relationship. I'll put it that way. She was extremely hard on me. I came home crying a lot of the time, but I tried everybody out there and she was the best in the biz. And that's kind of what it came down to. So I ended up performing in her hosting showcase which was you had to basically pitch a show. And in order to go, you had to invite two industry executives and they were all sitting in a room. And so one by one, you would come into that room. You had your press kits off to the side. You would explain who you are, give a show idea, and then do the show open. And within like a minute, you're out. If they liked you, they'd walk up, they'd grab your press kit, and that was it. I think it was like four or five days later, I get a call from Marky's office because I don't have an agent at this time. And she's like, um, Alex, E! News wants you to come in for an audition. I was like, wait, what? Huh? They're e like, yeah, News. E! News. They were at the showcase. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, babe, let's go. <laughs> so I go in. I like, I pitched this show idea to them. I hit it off with this woman. We have a great conversation. My audition went great. Two days later, I get a call. Hey, we need you next week. Can you come in for the week? I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. But that's what it happens. It happens fast. It happens fast. And so it's so funny because I'm in there and everyone's like, oh my God, where do you and your husband live? And I'm like, I'm 22 years old and I live in my parents' downstairs (laughs) spare room that's next to the garage. And yeah, I'm just out of college and I'm bartending for a job. I don't know. (laughs) It's like, if you only knew everything that was going on in my life when I got that opportunity. So at that same time, I was also not only going to the hosting academy, but I was living here. I gave myself a year out of college to save some money. So I was bartending down the street at Sharky's in Manhattan Beach. I was still working for Joe Lewis. I was working um, on Last Call with Carson Daly as a field PA. I was working as ESPN's uh, X Games 
talent manager. I basically, if there was an opportunity, I was like, yes, I will do it. Give it to me. I want to meet everybody. And I want all the, I want all the experience. Well, and that, and that says it all too, because you hustled. You hustled. Nonstop. And speaking of the hustle, I was on the morning shift for the E! News Now. So I had to be there at 5 a.m. I got off at four, got back here at five, and then started my Sharky shift at six and worked (laughs) 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. is when I got home. So it was like, it was nonstop. But that's kind of the mindset you have to have if you want to get in this industry. Yes, and whatever you need. Time does not exist. There is not a nine to five setting in this industry. And you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Because also there's no textbook path on how to do this. I mean, there is like ESPN has a program and you can be like a PA in the program where they teach you how to cut tape and read teleprompter. And there's a couple in our industry that like did that. And like only the few golden children who get to do it that way. But there's, yeah, you kind of have to create your own path and you have to be willing to go out there and find the internships and find the opportunities, keep the connections going, network, reach out to people, make yourself better, build your reel, build your website, build your social media account and following. And it's nonstop. I'm still doing that. It does not stop. So E! News was my opportunity. Now I had legitimate tape. So I had the Fuel TV and the E! News tape. And then also on the side, to better my craft, I hosted a ton of live events. I emceed live events and I would hire a camera crew to film me and go around so I could build my own reel. And then my husband, who's a musician, we would sneak, like we would go to concerts and festivals that he would be playing and we'd bring my camera and we would just walk because after working events, you understand that hired security has no idea what they're doing. And if you just walk right through there, (laughs) thinking that you know what you're doing, they're not going to stop you. So I would walk right backstage and I would just start interviewing musicians. And so I built my own reel by just creating opportunity. So I had this reel and now I had two legitimate pieces on it. I had the E! News and the Fuel TV. But plus, let me just take it back. Those things that you did. Yeah. Those were your um, donations or you gave to people, like if they said, you know, hey, we need a host for this nonprofit yeah. or we would need this. Yeah. I did it all for free. You did it all oh, for I, free. Oh, I didn't make a dime. No, 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 no. That was the beauty of living <laughs> in like, home. Wait, you, like once I actually like, made money, I was like, you're going to pay me to do this? Right. That's that was so your cool. contribution at the time <laughs> to create your reel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Went out of my way to figure out whatever it took. So... Sharky's bartending comes back in here. I was bartending on a Sunday afternoon and Megan and dad were in there hanging out with me. And then these two other guys were hanging out and we get to talking and I end up finding out that he's a manager at Brillstein Entertainment. I was like, oh my God, maybe you can help me. (laughs) I would send him my material literally on the week, like every week. And then finally, once I got the E! News stuff, he was like, okay, you're ready. I'll pretend to be your manager, reach out to all these agencies and try to get you a meeting. So he did. And I went to so many of these agency meetings, all the top, because Brillstein is a top. So he got me like top five. Oh my God. Some of these places were like, why would we pick you? Who are you? You're not a celebrity. I have no idea. And then I walk into ICM and I don't realize either that this is this young agent's very first opportunity to try to get a client. And both of us, it just happened. Timing was everything. I walk in and he's pitching me. I see you as a sports girl, but also lifestyle entertainment. I think you'd be great doing this. And I was like, yes. 
<laughs> exactly. And I ended up signing with Evan Dick at ICM. Um, wow. So got my agency, got my representation. And then a couple months later, also at Sharky's, bartending on a Wednesday afternoon, it was just me and two people at the bar. And I'm talking to one guy. I'm telling him I want this Canon 7D for my birthday. And this guy behind me goes, oh, I highly recommend the Canon 7D. I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a producer at Fox Sports. I was like, amazing. I want to start working at Fox Sports. He's like, (laughs) very forward of you. Normally we have people audition. I was like, even better. I've got a show idea for you. He's like, oh, you do? I was like, yeah, the incredible standouts in Major League Soccer. He's like, really? Little did I know he was like obsessed with soccer. And he's like, do you have a script? I was like, I can get you a script. He's like, here's my card. Call me when you have a script. I immediately called Peter, my fake manager. I'm like, Peter, <laughs> send me every script that you have. I've never written a script in my life. So <laughs> he sends me all of these scripts. I look at the format just to kind of figure it out. And I was friends with Omar Gonzalez, who was on the LA Galaxy, who had just won, I think it was Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie Player of the Year. I remember that. And we were friends. So I asked him and I was like, if I put this together, would you be willing to do it? And he was like, yeah, I would love to. I was like, great. So I put together this whole day and I'm on the phone with Peter. I'm like, gosh, I just need this. I need like a great ending. I need like something big. And he's like, hold on, hold on. My clients, she's, she's throwing out the first pitch at Cubs. They're on the other line. Let me, like, let me call you right back. And I'm like, <gasps> he gets on the phone. I'm like, do you know anybody at Dodgers? He's like, I do. I actually like, I went out to dinner with like one of the girls there. I was like, can you get Omar to throw out the first pitch? He's like, I think I can. And he got Omar to throw, they got the A-OK. We set it up, got him to throw out the first pitch. So I had this whole script. Um, basically, we started at, at Galaxy and David Beckham's on the team at the time. So, you know, that was a big sell. The whole script was like, we go to practice. We see him there. We go to his house in Manhattan Beach. We get a tour of his place. Then we go to Katsu, the sushi place right here. And we mm-hmm. make sushi. And then we go to Dodger Stadium and he throws out the first pitch, a day in the life of the incredible standouts in Major League Soccer. And he read the script. He's like, I love it. I'm going to shoot your pilot for free. It's like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> so we did that. But he's like, because it's for free, you need to find people who are willing to shoot this and help you. So I got family friends. I think Annie was coming home from college. And I was like, hey, Annie, I know this isn't your field or your industry, but I feel like you'd be great at this. Can I please have you come as a PA? And she's like, Sure. Why not? Little did we know that that was the spark to her entire career as well. (laughs) Exactly. So the shoot went amazing. Annie, that next day, actually gets invited by the Fox producer to go to China as his associate producer to cover the World University Games. And I'm like, what the? Two days later, I then get the call. He invites me to go to China for a month. So Annie and I both get to go. I quit Sharky's immediately. I'm like, this is it. This is amazing. Oh my God. Um, and yeah, we, we went to China for a month and that was the craziest, coolest experience. We were staying in Athletes Village. It's basically the World University Games or the College Olympics. Yeah. So we covered everything and it was just the experience of a lifetime. So the day before we leave, I hear that a friend, Nikki, um, who's working at Fox is like, hey, Fox Sports West is looking for these like Fox Sports West girls. I think you might be good for it. Here's the email. So I send an email the day before we leave for China. I was like, hey, I'm going to China to cover World University Games for Fox College Sports. I'm very interested in auditioning for this. And so I sent the email. They're like, okay, can you come in next week? I'm like, no, I'm gone for a month. They're like, okay, we'll keep it open. So 
the day I get back, <laughs> literally the next day, I go in and I audition for these Fox Sports West girls. And it was at like, they hired an outside company. So I was at like over by where like grandma lives in Mar Vista right. in like a, a home studio. And I'm just, I'm reading, I'm doing my reads. I'm like, can you be more sexy, more seductive? I was like, that's not me. I was like, you're too like reportery. You're too like serious. I'm like, I, this is me guys. Um, so at that point I was like, yeah, there's no way I got it. Absolutely no way. Four months pass here. So I had quit Sharky's. I had no job. I just came back from like the craziest experience of my life. And now I'm like, now what? There's nothing. I remember dad was kind of like, you know, maybe it's time you start thinking about getting a real job. What's a real job? <laughs> what do you mean? This is it. And I was going on so many interviews, meetings with everybody I met at, um, in China from like the USA teams, volleyball, whatnot. And there were so many things on the horizon, but nothing was sticking. And I was like, what do I do? Am I going to be able to do this? Was this a crazy dream? And then right before the holidays, mm-hmm. I get a call. Hey, can you come in at the start of the new year? Fox wants to meet with you. I was like, maybe I didn't blow it. So I go in and I meet with Fox Sports West and I have no idea what to expect, but I go in and I prepare to pitch, you know, these Fox Sports West girls. I make this like whole PowerPoint presentation. I look at all the other Fox sports girls from around the country, what they're doing well, how it's going to work here in LA. And I did like my whole marketing background scheme of like, this is your target market. This is how you're going to have to get them. This is what you're going to have to do. And they were like sitting back like, who, who is this girl? <laughs> Apparently blew them away. Um, I go to another meeting and I'm sitting down and they're like, how would you be interested in one of our other properties? And I was like, like a house? What do you mean other properties? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. And they're like, um, we're looking for a new host for Angels Weekly. We think you would be a great fit. So my audition tape for the Fox Sports West girls ended up getting passed around and made it to the Angels. And they were like, oh, she would be great for this. She looks like a host. And the Angels picked me to then be the host of Angels Weekly because of that audition. This is what I tell everybody. You never know what can come from a meeting or an audition. Always take it because you never know. That wasn't necessarily the job that I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I always, I've always said, you never know what can come from meeting someone. And that was my foot in the door with Fox Sports West. So that February, I like a month or two later, I go to spring training and that was my first in with Angels Weekly. And that year, like within a month, everything started happening. That was in 2012. Then I get a call. My agent's like, hey, you're going to host Tailgate 48 on Big Ten Network and go to all these schools and do this show. I remember that. For the entire football season. I was like, amazing. Then I get a call from USA Volleyball, who I'd been meeting with. They're like, hey, will you be the sideline reporter for, it was like the new AVP, the Jose Cuervo Pro Beach Volleyball Series on NBC. I was like, Yes, I would love to do that. Then I get a call from Red Bull. Hey, would you like to be sideline for the Red Bull Signature Series? Yes, I would. Sign me up. And I went from like <laughs> zero to like 10 jobs in two months. And that, that, was, that was the beginning of where I am now. Wow, wow, wow. You know, if you're listening to this, if you have any goals and dreams for anything, whether it's broadcasting, TV, 
being, you know, um, I, I don't know, any profession, I think. In entertainment? In, in oh, either, in entertainment. Yeah. I think what Alex, what you're saying, which I'll say it again, is don't give up. Mm-mm. Follow your dreams. Be mm-hmm. tenacious. Keep pushing through because it's never really handed to you. Oh, no. You have to make it what it is. And then even at that point, what you're saying is be ready. Always. So again, I I said that quote earlier, luck Mm -hmm. is when preparation meets opportunity. I was given these strange moments of how it actually happened. I had years of behind the scenes experience, but I happened to meet this Fox producer when I'm bartending, but I was ready. I was PAing. Happened to get this opportunity, got right. my first on-camera opportunity. And it's just, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You right. just have to be so ready and so prepared. Do one thing every single day to work on your craft, to be better. Well, <laughs> that is so true. You know, as I'm sitting here and I'm listening, you have taught me so much. You know, just doing this, this podcast. Yeah. You know, doing what Megan and I do. And, you know, we took Marky's hosting You were class. asking me way too much. I was like, mom, I would yeah. love to help you, but I don't have the time. You guys just go and take these classes. Exactly. I'm telling you, she's going to help you. It is. It's honing your craft. It's, it's even when it's scary, you keep practicing. Yeah. And I know that's a big one for me, you know, being, you know, in my sixties and I, I get scared. Yeah. But then I look at you and I look at Megan and I look at all these people that, you know, it, let go of the fear, let go and really hone in on, you know, be clear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you've done too here is that you've had such clarity your whole life of, you know, going for what you wanted mm-hmm. and never giving up, which, you know, I know that was a big thing that we talked a lot about with all you guys. The other heart that I didn't, that I left out was the hundreds of auditions that I went on where they told me no. And told me whether it was they didn't like the way I looked or didn't like my body type, didn't like the way the words came out of my mouth. There is so much negativity that you will endure being a quote talent and being on camera because everyone has an image of what they think they want. And my biggest advice, I realized this because I also had like a commercial agent and there was one point where he's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to file your fang teeth because, you know, they're I just, remember that. they're not, they need to be like more perfect. And I was like, yo, buddy, I have fake front teeth. I need these. This is how I eat my food. <laughs> F you, you're fired. <laughs> Goodbye. And like, I was like, oh no. God. And that's when I decided I'm not going to let other people dictate how I should look and what I should look like. Because I, yeah, I, I am very different from a big majority of people on TV in this industry. Well, especially, oh, that is such a good point because I remember there was a time you were being not chosen because your hair wasn't blonde. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was a big thing. I'm like, that wait a big. minute, you're so much better than that person. Why are they just, you know, it, because- it doesn't matter. It's just, it right. is what it is. And there's so many, um, I mean, I've been lucky to not have some of the horrible things that have happened to other women in this right. industry. I mean, it's, it's tough and you have to have thick skin and you have to really love what you do and continue to do whatever it takes in order to get there. Because if you're, if you don't have thick skin, man, you're not, you're not going to last, especially with social media. Cause now the fans chime in and you have internet bullies and you have the trolls who try to bring you down. So it's like, you have to be so strong 
and who you are, especially being a woman in this industry. Right. You have to be so strong. Well, you're in a male-dominated profession. Well, sports. So it yeah, sports. so I ended up going headfirst, which makes the most sense. I mean, I was an athlete, played sports my entire life. It's like what was easy. And Fox was so amazing with me in the beginning, starting me on the weekly shows and then brought me on to Kings. And then I did the Kings weekly. And then they brought me on as like a social media correspondent. That's how I got my first live experience. And then brought me on for sideline. I started with college football. Then I was King sideline. Then they gave me angel sideline. And after a couple of years, then they brought me on and I got to host the pre and post game shows. And there was just so much opportunity and having them help me grow that it wasn't, it was absolutely incredible. I can't thank them enough. But again, timing was everything. There was one game in 2013 that they asked me to fill in for, for the angels. And I'd never done like live in stadium, like sideline, that kind of thing. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. (laughs) Just so happened to be the night that Mike Trout hit for the cycle. And that Mm. was my first and only game I had ever covered in 2013. And then 2014, I got the full-time job. And 2014 was a magical year. It was my 27th birthday, which was like my golden, Golden. like Mm -hmm. 27 on the 27th. The Kings won the Stanley Cup. The Angels won the AL West. I got myself like my first big, like (laughs) I leased my dream car. It was like, (laughs) I'm working really hard. Like I've always dreamed of having a BMW because dad had a BMW growing up. So it was like so weird. But it was just like this cloud nine feeling of like, it was the first time I felt like I finally... Not that I was where I wanted to be, but I was like on my right path. I felt like I was there. You were in a groove. Definitely yeah. in a great groove. Because that so something that Sal Masakela taught me, and he was one of my few mentors that I had growing up. It was also really hard because I didn't have any women mentors. Um, that was my next question. That's I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, there wasn't a lot of... no. Females in broadcasting, especially in in sports. Yeah. And I mean, I started in action sports. So um, when I was the talent manager on X Games, I remember becoming good friends with Big B, Sal's producer. And I was like, is there any way you can get me like 15 minutes with him? Like, just give, I just want to pick his brain. Like, I'm just so curious. And he said, yeah. And I know that what I loved is no question was left off the table. I asked everything from like, you know, what's your daily rate? What should I start my daily rate with? What's like the ultimate like salary? I went to like the questions you're not supposed to ask, but like I did everything, (laughs) but that's me. I'm an open book. If someone asked me, I was like, I'll tell you where it started and how big you can get. But he was amazing. And he gave me so many good tips. Um, And one thing he always said is you can be better every single day. Every single day you can be better. And when people come up to him asking for autographs, he's like, I'm gonna devalue this. Are you sure you don't want he's just he's so Aww. he was so humble and set such a good example of like it's not about you, it's about the audience. And that was something that Marky, I that my biggest thing I took away from her class yep. is you have to make people at home feel like they're just hanging out with you. They're sitting on the couch and you're having a conversation with them. You're not talking at them. This is for them. It's not about you. It's about whoever you're talking about and whatever the conversation is. Don't make it an interview, make it a conversation. And there's just these like little snippets that I took from all these different experiences to where now when I get the opportunity to have young women reach out to me and ask me for advice, I always, if I can, and if I'm there and have the time, I always respond because I wasn't able to have have that 
from a female figure. And it's just, I think it's so important, especially in the sports industry for women to support each other and stick together and build each other up because it's hard. If you look at a broadcast is usually only one woman on every broadcast. And it's like, I don't want that to be a competition that it's like, oh, if there's another girl, like this is like, right. it's like, no, we're, we're a team. We're in this together. Let me help you. Let me help you to be better. Let's be better together. Let me support you. Well, and I think that's what you've done so beautifully with the young women, you know, because I'll get the call from a friend. Oh, my daughter really wants to do what Alex is doing. She She's followed her. She's really looked up to her. Do you think Alex would take the time? Every single young woman, you have taken that time to mentor them in some way, either shadow you mm-hmm. or, you know, work on some capacity with you. And, and I think it's such a gift is giving back. Mm-hmm. And, and you've done it more than once, not just with your mentoring, but even um, when you created, I think it was for Rich Stone Families. Yeah. Um, through, with the angels and that. You want to yeah. share a little so bit about I, Rich Stone? Um, I think you came in a couple times. I would bring in the, to their after-school program. Mm-hmm. Um, these are inner-city kids who come from broken I think broken families or whether well, it's like it, it, hard situations, whether it was it's like family abuse, family is, abuse, or right. like a family member who might be in a gang or they don't have a safe right. place to go after school. Right. So this is where they go after school for X amount of hours and they do their homework. Um, yeah, they have to teach everything activities. Right. So what I would do is I would bring in different professionals and Talk to the kids. Yeah, motivational. Motivate. And then teach them how to follow their dreams. Because at that age, one wrong move can send you down a really dark path that you might not be able to return from. And that one right move can be the path for the rest of your life. And so I was doing that. And then the last four or five years, the Angels donated 60 tickets. And I got to bring all the kids to an Angel game, which was like so cool. They were free. A lot of these kids, it was their first time ever going to a baseball game or a live sporting event. So that's something that's, that's always been really special to me is to just, to give back. But I, I think it's because like, I'm everybody's big sister. <laughs> I always have been. Yes. I, I like, I don't, I can't even imagine now thinking back of like you worrying about me going to college. I freak out when like Annie or Sam is gone for a couple of days and I don't hear from them. I'm like, where are you? Tell me where you are. Like, don't you have that thing on your phone where you know where they are thing? No, I'm the only one that's not included in this tracking thing that the whole family has. <laughs> Let's go to present day. Okay. Because the sports world above and beyond, you know, has taken a huge hit with this global pandemic. Yeah. So how has COVID affected you professionally? I just want to... I'm going to rewind a little bit to last year because last year was probably the most, I guess, quote, successful or like goal reaching year Mm. of my career in 2019. I got a bunch of studio work Mm -hmm. because I did the studio work. I got the World Cup opportunity. Wait, so explain what studio work is. So these are the studio shows like that are on Fox Sports. So it's like undisputed. Lock It In, The Herd. Those are national shows. Those are national shows. Yes. Yeah. So I got that opportunity. Um, This was also around the time I was doing Ninja Warrior Mm, too. Um, So I did that for three seasons, which was also a national show, which was Mm. amazing exposure. Um, But then last year when I got the opportunity to be the embedded reporter for 
the U.S. women's national team in France for the World Cup was like a full circle moment for me. Oh, because it was like soccer was my life, my entire life. Right. But it was the only sport I had never covered up to that point. So once yeah. I got this opportunity, it was like, again, when preparation, <laughs> yes, <laughs> meets, oh my God. Okay. So I get, <laughs> I had now had X amount of years under my belt, yes. all this live experience, mm-hmm. all these other sports and shows that I'd worked on. And I finally felt I was so ready for this opportunity and I was going to crush it. And on I the did. global stage. On you the did. global stage. And it was the coolest experience of my life. Um, and as parents watching and, it <laughs> and family and friends, and we were like screaming. I, it was so cool. And then they won. Like it was yeah. like, and then they won. It was like, oh my God. You are a like, good luck. What? You are a good luck charm. Though. I know. I know. Every it's so it's so crazy. So that was on Sunday. The night before the semifinal game, we get the heartbreaking news that we had lost one of our angel players, Tyler Skaggs. Mm. So that was also really emotional. So this all happened while the angels are on the road. The U.S. win the World Cup on Sunday. I fly home after being gone for seven weeks on Wednesday. I have Thursday to just kind of regroup my brain. And then Friday, I'm right back to Angels. And that Friday, the Angels were honoring Tyler Skaggs. Everyone wore his number, his name, his mom throughout the first pitch. And there was just something so, I'm getting goosebumps right now, like thinking about it. Goosebumps. I remember this. He was there. And the Angels threw a combined no-hitter against the Mariners. And it was, that was the craziest sports week of my life from Sunday being in France, watching USA win the world cup to Friday being a part of that game. That it was just, I, those were two of the craziest sports moments. I would put them in the top along with like Kings winning the Stanley cup. Our pool 600th home run that I was a part of all these crazy. Well, and the emotional It was, The highest of high to then like the lowest in high and low. I The footage of everything is just crazy. So from those two experiences in the same week, I'm up for four Emmys this year. Wow. One of which we find out tomorrow, the wow. Tyler Skaggs game. So it's just crazy because 2019 was like the craziest work year of my life. And then 2020 happens. And I was out at spring training that week before. Um, I get back. Sunday night, I do Undisputed, Monday morning, and then Wednesday, the sports world just stops and everything gets canceled. (sighs) And it was like, holy shit. I just went from like the biggest, awesome, like I'm going to build off this year and do even bigger and better things to now like, boom, nothing. But the whole world did. Right. Everyone did. It wasn't, I mean, at that point, it really made you take a step back and evaluate your life. Because I had been up until that point Go, 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 go. Like I was year round working, never stopped. Like it was, it was crazy. I would burn, I would, (laughs) I would have a mental breakdown at one point during the year, always. It would always happen like right before a game. It would happen, like put my head down, let my tears like spill straight down so it wouldn't run my makeup, like shake it off and go to work. It's just like, it's what you did. It's like you had to do it. There's no off days, there's no sick days. There's, you tough it up and you go. Mm -hmm. So this was the first time I really had to sit still 
And it became, who is Alex Curry without the career and the job? And that was, I think, my first month of lockdown in COVID Mm -hmm. was trying to figure that out. Because for so long, I had been attached to, oh, you're the girl on Fox. Oh, you're the girl on TV. Oh, you run away from the Gatorade showers. Oh, you're this. It was never, who am I as a person? And I never really shared much. Like, I don't post about Jeff often. Personal. No. Personal stuff. Everything on social media is very much my work life. I like to keep my personal life us. Minus you guys do your social media stuff, so that's sure. fun too. But it was the first time I really... I kind of just took a step back and had to go within. And again, it's also the busiest time of year normally for me and my husband, Jeff, and we were both home, which was crazy. That had never happened. So it was some of the most magical times we've had been able to spend together. Um, We really just took a break. Hmm. Like I didn't do podcasts. I didn't do TV stuff. I didn't do anything for a full month and a half. And we just were living. It was, Hmm. I do, I, I had to make sure that I was taking care of my mental state because that can take a really quick turn with my PTSD and my, um, the stuff that comes from the PTSD. So I had to find different ways of being stuck inside and finding the happiness. So, so did you create like a new morning routine or a daily routine for yourself that really helps support your mental, your body, everything? I did. It was crazy though. Cause like, I'm usually so creative and I just did not feel creative in that first month In that first month and a half. It was just like, uh, uh, and I see, I saw so many people like, doing these podcasts, bringing this together, launching all these things. And I was like, Mm. I started doing the comparing game. I was like, Mm. I should be doing that. Why am I not doing that? They're doing this. I'm not. And it's like, stop, Alex. That's not what it's about. Take a step back and take this moment and take this time. Take this gift and really go in and just get to know yourself again. Mm. And we did. And I, I started meditating. I found this guy, Jeff, on the Calm app who like spoke to me immediately because I've tried so many different meditations. There's the first one that didn't feel hokey. And he was like, yeah, this feels weird. You're going to be like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, it's exactly what I'm thinking right now. (laughs) (laughs) So it was was just the perfect kind of mesh. I would do yoga every day. We have our dogs. So we would take them out on walks. We would do a lot of walks, a lot of runs with the dogs. And I started cooking so much. I was cooking (laughs) three meals a day. (laughs) <laughs> nonstop. And I made these like house rules and it was, we had to do one of those things every single day and it was breathe, smile, move, play music, sing music, dance. It was like this whole list of just like, get out of yourself and open up your heart and your soul and be present mm-hmm. in this moment. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. I mean, I, we did, I think it was after month two. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to just like kind of start talking Dabble. to people again. Um, and then that's when we started. I did like an Instagram live with you. Right. You and and we did the, <laughs> the cooking. Yes. Um, and, but we were, it was more than that. We were having life conversations. Exactly. And we talked a lot about 
the feelings of waking up in the morning and like sometimes you feel great and sometimes you feel so sad and in such like a, a weird space. And it was learning how to allow those feelings to happen because it's okay not to feel great all the time. I mean, people see me and they're like, why are you so happy all the time? I'm like, oh man, I'm not happy all the time, but it is constant work to be here because every morning when you wake up, you have a choice. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to live and sit in whatever you're in. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you need a day. And if you just want to sit and be in that mood for the day, be in that mood. But remember, if you let that happen for too long, it's going to be harder to get out. So we made it a point every day to just really talk about it and really be open about it and writing. And I started journaling again. I hadn't journaled in a really long time. And then about two months in, I just got like hit with a ton of bricks. And it was like, I'm feeling creative. And I <laughs> painted. I like I was looking at this blank canvas. I was like, I don't know what to fucking paint. And I flicked off the canvas and I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. That's what I'll paint. <laughs> and, and you did a middle finger painting. I did a middle finger painting because it's how, but with a heart coming out and love spewing out of it. And Aww. it was like the L. So it was like, I fucking love you. It's like, Aww. I think you saw it and you're like, yeah. oh, it says I fucking love you. I was like, that's exactly how I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that next morning I woke up and I wrote a poem called Stuck Inside With You. Mm. And... I remember just taking a photo of the painting and the poem and I sent it to my husband, Jeff. And I was like, yeah, it, whew, whatever. And that was like mid-May. And then on my birthday, he surprised me by turning my poem into a song. And it is beautiful. It's, we're actually going to release it on Spotify and. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll post it. Can we post you that will. in the it'll, show In a notes. couple weeks. It'll be up in a couple weeks. Well, that'll be perfect so timing. So it was just like this weird, like creative burst just happened in our house. And then you're obviously still on lockdown, but then it was just, there was a different perspective on life and you start to realize what's important and what you want to do. And then my focus just really kind of changed on what do I want to do? What is my next step? What is like bringing me joy? I don't know if sports are going to come back. Nobody knows. So what am I going to do to feel fulfilled? And Um, share and share with the world because you have that worldliness about you, Al. You know, you do. You bring joy to the world no matter what you do, whether it's on Instagram and having fun in your bouncy, bubbly, energetic self, you know? Well, you do. (laughs) You make people smile. I read some of those. I read a lot of those little comments. Yeah, it's hard. I try not to like read them all just in case there's like that. I'm telling you, man, you could have like a hundred happy comments and then there's that one mean comment and you're like, oh man. (laughs) And then it just sticks with you. And so sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to go through because like, I don't want to I had one of those yesterday and it took yeah. me down. I'm like, one. And it's Megan's hard. like, it's one. Mom, I know. It's, it's so one. hard. It's social media is so hard in that sense. And you have to learn to get I past get PT, it. What is it called? PTSD. I don't know. I get, I get stressed by it. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, better not to look. You're affected. I do. I get affected yeah. by it for sure. But we're both easily affected. Yeah. Like if I walk into a room, I read people's energies. I immediately mm-hmm. can feel people's energies. I'm a big energy person. Yeah, you've so always, like, you're an empath. That's why I choose to come in with a positive energy to hope that it like (laughs) spreads and rubs off on everybody. Oh, that's right. Which you do. That's the magic of Alex. Thanks, mom. 
Oh my gosh. I just, I love this. I have like, you know, I think like we really touched on so many beautiful things. One of the things though that that I want to share is that, you know, people always ask, so are they going to have babies? Do they have babies? Do I have grandma? I'm like, well, no, I have three grand puppies. And I have to say you with your puppies are amazing. Your Ozzy and Penny are just lovers and you've done an amazing job with these pups because they're not easy. No. So we got a special case with Ozzy. Ozzy um, is a special needs dog. Yeah. Um, He's a mini golden and he is the most terrified dog in the world. We're pretty sure he has some sort of whether it's, I've had a couple different teachers be like, yeah. I think your dog's autistic. I was like, that would make a lot of sense. I don't know if they diagnose that for dogs, but it's like exactly what he is. Loud noises, yeah. he immediately goes into like a stunned thing. He'll pee himself if you touch him, hide under tables. I will say dogs have been a great, um, I guess producer Mike can be a, <laughs> a test to this. He has two young babies, but like is a good, I guess, learning experience to uh, oh. having kids. Cause Ozzy will wake up. He's diarrhea in the room in the middle of the night. He has puked yeah. five times in the middle of the night. He will like, it's just, he pukes every time we're in the car. He gets car sick. He'll like, it is just like, yep, nope. That's just, that's just Ozzy. We're going on a car trip. Yep. He's going to throw up and you're just going to have to clean it up and it's going to be okay. The first time we took him on a busy street, he pooped himself, sat in it and he had two big poop things on the back of his butt walking home. I'm like, ah, this is, this is us. And it just, well, and, and you have Two, two personalities. Here you have yeah. Ozzy, who is how Ozzy is. So and then you have Penny, who's We got Penny in November, but yeah. we've had Ozzy now for two years. Yeah. And yeah, so Penny is like, she's our little pound puppy rescue that we got and has just, I'm going to tell you, these dogs, they are the happiest in the world. And they won the most with all of us being home. They are so oh, freaking yeah. happy. Like Ozzy's become a different dog. He is just so confident and so happy. It only took two years but I finally feel like he's like starting to do dog things, which well, is cute. Greet me at the door, like give you kisses, like yeah. come up and nestle in. Like that was hard, like to get a dog, especially a golden and have them be like, not only terrified of the world, but terrified of you. So it was right. like, it was a learning lesson. It was a well, impatience. It's, it's definitely a learning curve. And you know what? One day, if you and Jeff decide to have, you know, a family with kids, great. Yeah. But I have to say right now, you know what? You've had such a magical time with your husband, with yourself, with your pups, with, you know, I know you've been so good with us, you know, really making sure that we're safe and we're, you know, we stay healthy. And, and I just have to say how honored I am by you showing up with me today and taking this time to go through, I can cry your incredible story. Now, mind you, we didn't share everything, but I think there's so much juiciness that Mm -hmm. you have shared with people who, no matter what your path is, you're going to take something away from all the lessons that Alex has shared with you today. And I personally am so very grateful. I'm grateful that you're my daughter. I'm grateful who you are in this world and what you bring to the world. And I think that you know how much we love you. I love you, mom. Can I share one more lesson that you taught me that was so big that is so relevant right now? Okay. You were so adamant about being present growing up. 
And I remember I would freak out as a kid because you'd be like, if I died tomorrow, I would be happy because I made sure I lived my life to the fullest every day. And I was like, don't die tomorrow. And I just like would have this crazy (laughs) thought. But right now, everyone always asks you, you know, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? No one knows right now. (laughs) Like the most important thing is to be so present right here, right now, and be in this moment and be the best you can be every single day because you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow as we're seeing right now in this world. So thank you for all of your life lessons and your gift and encouraging us to always follow our crazy dreams and letting us make mistakes and mess up, but also being our biggest cheerleaders and mom being on the sidelines yelling, envision the goal, envision the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you did was so (laughs) weird to me as a kid, but so ahead of your time. And I am, I'm so grateful for the life that you, you gave us and the, the tools you gave us to build our own lives and become good passionate, caring, independent women. Mm. I love you so much. Oh, thank you, Alex. I love you. And I want the world to experience Alex. (laughs) So if you um, don't know Alex Curry, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. uh, At Alex underscore Curry. Yeah. Um, Anywhere else? I mean, alexcurry.com. There's a bunch. It's Yeah, just find me. Google me. I did it the other day. It's weird. (laughs) There's a whole website dedicated to my feet. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) Wakey feet. I don't post photos with my my toes in them anymore because they're all on this. Oh my God, that's so awkward. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, if you liked or love this episode, please, please, Megan and I would be just so grateful in our hearts if you rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you do, share it as well with all your friends, you know, so that they can you know, learn more about our wacky family and the unconventional wisdom and the juiciness that we want to continue sharing with all of you. So um, Megs and me are at currygirlskitchen.com. If you're just joining us for the first time, we have Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. Oh my gosh, so much goodness. And our Curry Girls Kitchen YouTube channel. So until our next podcast, we look forward to sharing more of our incredible life together. Hmm. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>